podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi there, I'm Brian Abana, and you're listening to the Mall Over Podcast. Hello, good evening, and welcome to this week's Mall Over Podcast. Yeah, podcast gives you all the news, views, and opinion on the weekend's rugby action, all with a West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Mall Over Podcast. We are Mall Over Rugby Podcast on Facebook, and you can find all of our podcasts on Anchor and Apple Pods and lots of other pod catchers. And despite what anybody else in the conglomerate says, I am the only one that can do this introduction any justice. So, Adam Foxcroft, stop trying to be me. Uh, I am joined this week. In our pre-season preview, where we may or may not preview some of the Premiership rugby that's to come this weekend, or we may or may not review a stellar performance by Nuki Hornet's second team uh, versus the Law Society, I am joined by uh, Troy Score extraordinaire, Ben Houston. How are you doing, Ben? I'm all right, thanks, mate. I'm not going to take a lot of credit for that one. Okay, well, we'll discuss that in, in further detail. Um uh, oh, humble brag, I wasn't wallowing with these guys in the second team. I went with the first team to Topsham and got bummed instead. Uh, Phil Elkins. Yep, loved every minute of it. And uh, starting scrum half for the Mallover Invitational, uh, who I've no doubt will be trying to get me killed in the first 15 minutes, is uh, uh, everyone's favourite cameraman, the Chinese Lensman. Welcome, Doug. Hello, um, and the thing that I've learned this week is that I am going to get you killed, especially if we're playing from left to right. <laughs> Have you been training? Yeah. And how is that? Well, I'm just a terrible rugby player, but there you <laughs> So it turns out that, you know, uh, 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 as, as someone who played a lot of football and converted to rugby quite late and then... Um, predominantly passed a rugby ball off my right hand that when you're trying to um, I'm actually better when it's just open play when we're doing backs moves like practicing backs moves and I have to put the ball on the 10's hand so that the, the rest of the backs can do their thing and look swanky while they're running around I'm, I'm just bad at that like when we're doing oh. you know um, actual Okay. practice i'm all right i can pass off my left hand it's just when i absolutely need to that i can't we're, we're i'm unbelievably looking forward to there's nothing unlike more than than being a crash ball 10 as i found out at the weekend um let's before we uh before we get into that let's have a quick chat about the mall over invitational because that is all that people really want to hear about it is still ha- it's 9th of October at Nuki uh, Sports and Fitness Centre. I don't know. Is, is that the official name now, Ben? Is there a sports and community centre? Is that what it is? I, Something I like think that. having seen us play on Saturday, calling it a fitness centre would probably breach some trade description act. Yeah. But it's happening. We've got some opposition um, a local side, St. Austell, will be bringing a second team to play against our Mallover Barbarians. We we did some more stellar recruitment from some of the Nuki Hornets second team, as well as all of the people that are um, all of the people that have put down to play. So I'll be in touch with everybody individually via email with all of the details. I wanted to say a massive, massive go well and get well 
to long-time listener Guy, who was going to come from Crediton. Um, we all remember Guy, right? Um, Sack Sheriff for Sportif, Lickock Sportif, um, on on Twitter. Le Sheriff du Chamois Sack, if that's what it is. Um, sent a lot of questions in for um, Punch and Chat. But he messaged me the other day to say, uh, sadly, I'm going to have to withdraw as a player for the Mollover Invitational. First game of the season yesterday, and I dislocated my ankle and broke it in two places. Uh, so I've got to go in for surgery this week. If I'm mobile bike table, I need to come down and watch. Another punch and chat in the meantime wouldn't go amiss. I've even written a rugby-related quiz if you want it. So, Guy, I hope you're listening to this. Get well soon, my friend. We hope to see you in October if you're up on your feet. And do send through that quiz. Or, better still, at some point in the next couple of weeks, maybe before the Invitational, why not come in? Why not come on and ask the questions yourself? Sounds like a decent enough idea, doesn't it? At least, yeah will be going in blind. Doug? No, um, I'd like to echo those statements. I, I just, just want to pick you up on something. Um, did you say that, that St. Austell sending a second team down? St. Austell, yes. Is this the same St. Austell that play at a 4,000-seat stadium? I mean... In the Counties League? Uh, they don't play at a 4,000-seat stadium, no. They do, because I'm just on Wikipedia looking at it. They need to send more than a second team down, mate. It needs to be at least four of them. Four teams down, please. Can we have their fourths? They haven't got a fourth. And their second, we've played their seconds on a numerous occasions. I mean, it was several years ago, but um, yes. It'll be, comp- do they, it'll be competitive. Do they still play where they always used to play? What's the Norstal? Yeah, there yeah. is a 4,000 seat stadium there. They've got a 4,000. I've just looked at them on Wikipedia and their stadium apparently holds 4,000 well, people. Well, let me, let me tell you, Doug, having been there on a number of occasions and played there, it doesn't. Don't make me screenshot this. because You I can will. screenshot what you like, my friend. It just doesn't. Yeah. Do you know what? Go, go on Wikipedia. Tregoric Park, capacity 4,000, 300 seats. That's 3,700 <laughs> people stood at the side of the pitch. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, side by side. That's 300 people with deck chairs. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it does, it does have a, a lovely big We're playing at a sports centre. Yeah. Probably on the, uh, not on the main pitch either, but we'll see. Um, also, I need to sort of bar out, but we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, I also want to say, want a, want to, Say a big thanks to Nexus, uh, Nexus Recruitment, who are have kindly donated some money and sponsored the Mallover Invitational playing strip, which we have got on its way. Gents, you've all seen it. It's been shared on social media. It's kind of sexual, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It is nice. And a big thanks to the guys at Kit World in Plymouth who are uh, had sorted all that for us. So hopefully that'll be with us very soon as well and i can uh, i can show you some great modeling pics um in like all to, sorts of I'd, attire I'd, I'd like to understand why you never have these kind of mutant voice problems when you're on long snapper mutant voice problems yeah oh well sound like you're that. talking in the matrix 
Oh, really? Have I, like Norman Collier? Yeah. Oh, that's not good, is it? Well, we'll have to uh, we'll have to deal with that as we go along. Um, so yes, 9th of October, half past two kickoff will be uh, Mallover Invitational Barbarians versus St. Orsall Seconds. And what will be, will be, one thing's for certain, is we'll have a good time, we'll have a good drink, and we'll have a lot of fun. Yes. And in preparation for said uh, Barbarians um, Rugby Festival, I made my comeback at the weekend. First time in... I'm going to say five years. It might be slightly less than that. I mean, I, I don't remember actually playing since we started recording the podcast, although I might be wrong. Um, and Ben and I played for Nuki Seconds. First time a second team's been out for God knows how long against a team called the Law Society. You playing so now the Law Society was supposed to be a touring team. They were a touring team. They definitely had a good drink on Saturday night. They also supposedly had a very good drink on Friday and Friday night but when they rocked up at the Sports and Community Centre on Saturday one thing for certain is that they were all between 18 and ish they were all very fit and they all had absolutely delicious haircuts it was all (laughs) flowing it was all flowing locks and thick hair you know something I could only dream of um and I'm sure Ben will agree with me. Apparently, they play in Surrey 1. Uh, they've got a home ground in New Malden, and they drink somewhere in Wimbledon. But they are predominantly a touring side, and they were very, very good. Um, four, four or five overlap tries just in the first half. We had five, I think, playing. And all on the pitch at the same time. And, and you think second team rugby and usually rugby of that standard, you're struggling to find a fulfill a front row. More than anything, you're struggling to find people that can prop. We had props playing second row. We had a plot. We had a plop. <laughs> plop. We had a prop, James Bailey, right? On the on the flank to start. And he is one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen. Right? <laughs> he is arguably one of the strongest men I've ever seen. Um, a flanker he is not Um, James is incredibly strong but and he was a very good prop in his day but he hadn't played rugby for about four years and uh but he was he was awarded man of the match wasn't he he was um, awarded by opposition teams vote so he couldn't have done that bad a job but I think he'd have been a lot happier at prop just Um, just getting around the field which you know (laughs) which made which made people like Ben and I have to enter rucks, which was not a place that we necessarily wanted to be. They were very good at turning the ball over and then going wide very quickly. Well, they, they um, quickly identified our five prop setup, and also the <laughs> fact that um, two two young lads very kindly ran out for us who'd never played a game of rugby before, and of course they were on the wings. So um, the Law Society very quickly worked out that as they turned the ball over and put three passes together. Uh, they were pretty much in, and and after the fourth five-man overlap in the first twenty minutes, I I realised I was in for a long afternoon at fullback. Um, I mean, a long afternoon chasing shadows because the other thing that they pretty much refused to do was kick the ball at any time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, 
So and the yeah. only time they did, and the only time they did kick the ball, Ben, you weren't at home. Guess who had to run back 50, 60 meters and chase it down? Sidestep, stroke, hand off the winger in the five meters. Oh, yes, this guy. And I'm going to make no bones about the fact that I think, in my own mind, I was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> like rolling back the ears. And such a dick. Um, yeah. But I, do you know, I, I, do you know what? I, I have to say, and I'll, I'll say this so Russ doesn't have to, although he has already, um, that he did play very well. And, and he is looking very svelte. Don't, don't. I actually wore, I actually wore the number 10 shirt. The number, for the first time ever for Nuki Hornets, I actually wore the number 10 shirt. He played, he played very well getting an arsing from a team, the division below our first team. Oh, wow. Nothing short of phenomenal. Well done, Rusty. Uh, And Ben, you mentioned before we come on air, you can tell a lot about how much a team are leading at halftime when the players they give you to come and play for you at halftime to kind of even even it up a little bit. And they bought they gave us their 10, who was he was decent on a very, um, very good player. And it, it sort of speaks, show. speaks well of them that they were willing to do that rather than uh, enjoy a procession. Um and, and I think did did we uh did we edge the second half? We, we may have just edged it, if not drawn it. We were not far away. But all anybody really wants to hear about is um, the sublime piece of combination play that led to uh, our very own Ben Eustace dotting down with the last play of the game. Yeah, I mean, if, ever, if what everyone really want to hear about is a garbage time consolation try in a second team fixture... Um, it, against the touring side, but yeah, Russ made a made a nice break, probably from. Well, first time we tell it, it was probably from the twenty-two, but it's probably got as far out as the halfway line by now. I and, mean, uh, yeah, let's say the ten cruised through, um, and then uh, I thought he, I was running sort of towards his inside, and then I thought he was actually going to make it, and he got tripped up just short. Went down, thought he dislocated his shoulder and he, he popped the ball up and all I had to do was, uh, what, three paces and fall over? It was it was something of that nature. You, I mean, the hard work was all done for you, Ben. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but what was, was impressive it was a lovely about that, down. what was impressive about that try was that the t- two nearest men to you, uh, Russ, were me and long-time listener John Pease. Uh, com- so the three of us combined age 118. Still in the still, last minute of the game. Still running in still. the last minute on a sunny day. <laughs> Never give up, mate. Never give up. But despite the ass in not playing, despite how I feel now, still, um, it was some of the most fun I've had on a sport field for quite the the feeling you get when you take the ball into contact or you make a tackle. Is, is a feeling quite like no other. So it's just given me a real excited excited tone for them all over Invitational. And, uh, you know, hopefully everybody enjoys themselves because it'll be good fun. Two, two things I'd add is, uh, one, big apologies to uh, manager of the day, Dave Rich, for lending him the most uncomfortable boots of all time. 
and uh, also uh, if you haven't guessed it we thoroughly enjoyed ourselves so uh, anyone that is in two minds about coming back for a week to play in the Invitational don't be in two minds anymore just uh, just do it yeah and I'd say in general like if Saturday taught me anything it's that it was that you're a long time retired and I've so reticent to play rugby or do anything really as far as a team sport for quite some time and there'll there'll come a time where you actually can't do it and that's when you have to but while you still can I would suggest that anybody who is even thinking moderately about it get to your local club go training if they've got a second team fixture or a you know Friday nighters or whatever it might be go and do it because it's so much fun and, you know, even after the, the Invitational, I think um, I might have a few more trot outs for the second team this season because it was just it was just amazing. And, and I've missed. So there you go. You know, so while I, we were having a good time, Phil, what were you doing? Uh, I was away with the first, sat on the bench for the first, got 25 minutes off uh, off the bench. Absolutely loved it. And I was I chatting to my dad earlier today. And I said the the problem with it, with it is I probably enjoyed it too much. So now I want it every weekend. I I, I went into this season thinking if I play half a dozen games, um, either off the bench for the first or or playing for the seconds, I'll be really happy. And now I'm looking at it going, oh shit, I can't play that week because I absolutely loved it. You're right, Russ. There is no feeling other. There's no feeling like playing a game of rugby. And throwing your your body around um, with a bunch of mates and uh, enjoying a nice bus trip back as well. Bus trip back from the other side of Exeter, two and a half hours on the bus. Pissed off the three old guys who came on the bus because we kept stopping to to uh, have a leak on the side of the A30, and they didn't have to. They just wanted to get home to their fish and chips. Um, but no, yeah, had a really really enjoyable day out um, and. I, yeah, I'd like to echo really what Ben said, is that if anybody's really in any doubt whether they want to play a game of rugby, be it all over invitation or any other game of rugby, just fucking do it. You will not regret it. Even if you break your body properly, you will not regret oh, it. I would imagine that the sheriff probably uh, regrets that. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I reckon he probably doesn't. I reckon he does not regret it at all. He just regrets the pain that comes after. <laughs> yeah. We're, which no. we all do. Like you run around, you run around on the pitch. I felt like a twenty-one-year-old. Like I genuinely felt better than I did when I was playing first team rugby years and years ago. And it's just the recovery afterwards that that takes a little bit longer. So Ben, you joke about your uh, you you peasy and rust towards the end of the game doing the running. Our bench on Saturday was myself, um, former former guest on the pod, George Ferris. And first team coach Ian Morgan. Um, hopefully, Mrs. Morgan's not listening. So, with a combined age of 120 on the bench, that's that's um, former combined services fly half and fullback Ian Morgan. Yeah, who, like he was oh. a decent, a very good player in his day. Like really, he he is still a very good player. Yeah, he just he just yeah has told his missus that he's no longer playing rugby and he kind of wants to stick to that if he can. Yeah. And Doug, you're, you've started training again. Where, yeah, I've what, started what? training. Tra- I've, I've um, got a lad who I play golf with um, 
who plays for a club called Ickenham in um, in London. They're a they're a nomad team now because their clubhouse and everything else like that I think went by the wayside a bit, and they play at Ricelip now, so not far from you know uh, the journey from Bentley Priory to Northwood. Um, yeah, or uh, what was the other one where we used to go and do our guard, uh, guard training and stuff? Oh, God. Uxbridge. Uxbridge. Yeah. It no longer they, exists. I, That's flat and vowels. Yeah. Is. yeah. Um, down there. Um, unfortunately, I can't go tomorrow night. <laughs> I say unfortunately because they're doing a combined training session with Ricelet and it's going to be a full contact session, the first one of the season. So, unfortunately, I'm going to miss that. But I do feel like I need to get some dings in before I come down to this invitation. Otherwise, it's going to be a bit of a shock to the system, really. But like you say, I, you know, Rush, you know, you know, I, I was a more of a footballer than um, a rugby player in my day, but, and, and even more so, more of a cricketer. But um, I, I always wanted to play rugby. I'm not very good at it, uh, but I I love it. Yeah, really like Amen. it. Uh, Unfortunately, the nature of my job means I can't play on Saturdays unless, you know, really strange set of circumstances happen. So I might I might be able to get a run out, but, I, you know, I, I'm just happy to go along with training and be a tackle bag, really, and run around with young people who make me train harder than I normally would in the gym. So that's, yeah. that's what well, I'm coming out of. Depending on how I feel, I might even train tomorrow night. I might even train Thursday night. We'll see what happens. But uh, anyway, I'm sure people well, the, have the not. The first thing in. they said to me, the first thing they said to me at the club was, um, "We're more of a pub team than anything else," <laughs> which Love was that. just right up my strasser. And then um, was asked about going on tour. Well, oh, the what? Se- so committee meeting. So I went to the pub after training on the first night, and they had a committee meeting. The second night I went training, um, they had their AGM. So I feel like I'm. Fully paid but, up that well, isn't this interesting? So, Bay, let's see what happens to the Mallover Invitational in Newquay, because I've got a bit of a plan that if it goes well, that we look to do another Mallover Invitational next year somewhere else, and that could be Ickenham, maybe, and we'll play an Ickenham pub team. Nice. Well, more. Yeah. Why not? You know, we'll see how this one goes, but. I'm sure we'll be able to get a few people together and go to London for a weekend. Agreed. Well, it won't be pretty easy for me. Yeah, well, we're all about making it easy for you, Doug. Anyway, <laughs> oh, we've yeah, just spent... Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> we've just spent uh, 23 minutes of your time um, talking about our lives and our rugby experiences from the weekend that have probably got no relevance and no interest to you whatsoever. Um, some stuff that might have some relevance to you this weekend is the return of the premiership. There were lots of preseason friendlies going on that nobody really cares about. Um, but there is a subject that I wanted to broach with you all. Um, now, did you all see the unveiling of Exeter's new mascot. No. Do you know about it, Phil? No. Doug, do you know anything about it? I've, I've heard about it. I think it's hilarious. Mate, so for those of you that don't know... Virgins that are crying about it on Twitter. Y- yeah. So <laughs> for, for those of you that don't know, Exeter Chiefs 
literally, like literally launched a new mascot into the stadium on Saturday from the gantry on a zip wire to the middle of the pitch. And it just so happens to be a hawk that they've nicknamed Tom a Hawk. Now, for all of the people that whinge and monk and moan about the extra Chiefs branding and like the, the races are like I still don't believe it's racist, but like all of the racist stuff, um it is the ultimate piece of trolling by the club because they they could have had a, a mask that exact mascot, and as Ben rightly pointed out on our, on our WhatsApp, they could have called it Tommy Hawk. Just Tommy Hawk, right? It wouldn't be as funny. And everybody has literally lost their collective minds about it. And and I just don't like it doesn't make any sense. And the club must just be going like, well, you know, everybody's still talking about us. So uh, no such thing as bad publicity. People are still going to go and watch the rugby. People are going to still buy the snazzy snazzy new black kit without any sponsor on it and um yeah but we'll have this how do they feel about tomahawk steaks are they racist i don't know depends where they're from racist uh beef cuts (laughs) ben i know that um you know you weren't opposed to the mascot as such, but you like you you've got the views on on well, the, the branding as a whole. I I actually think if they'd have gone with Tom the Hawk or Tommy Hawk and it was a hawk, it might have actually. I think both parties should have been happy with that because it what? would have been a nod to the recent history. Where but getting rid of because the mascot is a bit was a bit. Well, much, what about if it turned but, up in a tiny little green hat and they called it Tom O'Hawk? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I said in our chat, Russ. I, I just think it's now becoming a thing that's becoming a distraction. So I, I think eventually they will change the branding. Um, I think you underestimate the bloody mindedness of Tony Rowe. Well, I've always hated the branding anyway because I can't think of anything worse than going to a rugby match and being stuck behind some dickhead in a war bonnet playing a drum it just it's just it would wind me right up so i'm not i'm not in the camp that i i get outraged by it but i think it's a bit bit weird grown men dressing up um and oh i've no i've no doubt about um i'm agreeing there i do wonder that it's going to become more and more of a distraction people are going to talk about it in pre-match interviews post-match interviews Twitter's just going to keep going and, and whether they'd just be better off just going to call themselves the Exeter Chiefs and having some kind of Saxon or Celt or whatever Exeter was back in the day. Um, I mean, that could that could upset the, uh, I don't know, the Iceni or something. But, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Phil, I so this is kind of where I'm at with rugby. I don't really give a shit. Um, no, I, I'm and, with you, Phil. To be and honest, similarly, the the Twitter group, Fancy Rugby Draft group, I left 
whatever it was a week ago because I ended up getting really riled and really emotionally involved in somebody getting a red card on the other side of the world <laughs> in a match that I literally couldn't give a shit about. And I ended up having really bad feelings towards people who I really like. And so what I've done is I've gone, you know what, any bit of rugby that doesn't involve a ball on the pitch and trying to watch it and enjoy it, I couldn't give a crap about. I'm back to not giving a shit about transfer rumours, Russ. So none of those, please. I just want to watch some rugby or play some rugby and talk about some rugby. Like the rest of it can go fuck off as far as I'm concerned. Ooh. I I think we're all in agreement, aren't we, Doug, that unfollowing as many such and oh, such mate. rugby Twitter accounts improves watching a game of rugby by what 50%? Just just improves my state of mind. I went I've I think I must have blocked 200 people that have commented about that red card. Listen, the the only source of anybody talking anything about rugby other than this podcast that I currently in my have in my life is Rugby Ranta Banter, Eddie's podcast. And I only listen to And there's to not the a first... lot of rugby on there. Well, I only that. listen to the first 20 minutes when he doesn't talk about rugby. I, I only listen to that for the for the pirate porn. His dog's fucking each other or something. <laughs> I mean, and there's not there's not enough pirate porn. Definitely not. We need more pirate porn. Last week was very disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, it, it, can you imagine that? If, if this is the two rugby podcasts you listen to, you've got us just boring on about our second team game for half an hour. <laughs> and on Eddie's, you've got quite extreme pirate porn. I'd, I'd still rather listen to that than blood and mud. <laughs> now, if, if, if Eddie's ratings are not going up at the moment, something is wrong with the world. I mean, why would Eddie's ratings be going up? He undoubtedly gets more listens than what we do. No, I didn't mean because of us saying it. I meant because of the quality of the content. He's oh, putting, yeah. Eh? Oh, mate. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Um, and, well, I don't, let, let's let's move on, obviously, from, from Exeter. There isn't... Oh, God, I need to cough. This is bad. I can't talk. Um, do you guys have thoughts on the Premiership this season? 13-team Premiership. Um ring-fenced, bye weeks, other than teams trying to get into the Champions Cup that is, again, in a format that nobody really cares about and it's going to make it really hard to get invested in. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't... Just why? Um, what do you think... What do you think will be the outcome? What do you think will be the main outcome of this season? Uh, someone will win. Exton, I'm going to throw this out there controversially. Exton not making the playoffs. Oh, Philip, cool. Yep, I reckon Saracens. I reckon Saracens will be there or thereabouts. I reckon Bristol will be there or thereabouts. I reckon Sale will be there or thereabouts. Um, Quinns, obviously, and I think there's going to be a, a a bit of a bolter from those teams in the middle that are that are improving potentially Leicester getting in there and I think Exeter have stayed fairly static in in the quality of rugby they're playing over the last 18 months and everybody else has improved Um, and I think there's a risk that they're going to rely on a formula that's worked before and get overtaken and end up fifth or sixth that's my prediction I think that's worryingly good analysis from Phil and I I 
I wouldn't be at all surprised if that's true. I mean, what one thing that leaps out to me with looking at Leicester is um, the the phrase promoted from academy because they've they've got um, Dan Kelly, George Martin, Van Portvliet, and Van, Van Portvliet. <laughs> sorry, sorry, who? I don't I mean, know. He played enough games last season. He's back. You know, he's, he's back, baby. How do I say it? Back, Van Poorfleet. That's Why it. Why are you yeah. trying to overcomplicate that? <laughs> Van Poorfleet. Look, I'm, re- I'm reading what someone else has told me to say. <laughs> oh, I've not. missed you, um, man. And well, all I was going to say is and Freddie Stewart. So that's four... England squad players all coming out of their academy. So that's got to be a good sign for Leicester. Van what? <laughs> Portfleet. Portfleet. Right. Yeah. Right. I, uh, yeah, look, it, it's a proven way of winning. It's like, it's like, the, um, it's like the rookie NFL co- uh, quarterback contract, isn't it? It's the biggest advantage in sport. If you can get six or seven... Academy lads in your first team squad, you've got an advantage over all those people that buy in South Africans. And if we're talking about that, congratulations to two Newquay Hornets players who have got promoted from the academy onto the Exeter Chiefs first team squad. Ben Hammersley and Ben Grubb. Hmm. So well done, guys. Um, oh, let me shock you then. You right. said Exeter won't make the top four. I don't think Harlequins will make the top four next season. I don't think that's a for the shock, simple. Though, I don't think anyone expected them to make or do anything. And I think when you're an underdog like Harlequins are, you play with more. You play with a certain freedom that you don't get when yeah. you're expected. I, yeah. And I think I just think you take their two best players out of that team, which I think will undoubtedly happen in the autumn and. Six Nations, um, well, both Brown Smith and Don Brandt will be will be Smith and Don Brandt will undoubtedly. I mean, I could be wrong, and Eddie Jones is a monumental. Smith and Don Brandt will both be with the England squad, and the drop off from Alex um, from Smith to I think he said Alex Smith then a broken leg fame and um, oh, yeah. and. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, but the 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 drop off from Don Brandt and Smith to their understudies is far too big, and I think the way that they play relies so heavily on their brilliance that, that they're going to suffer, um, and so I think they'll drop a lot more points. I think you're probably right, um, and and I think. If there's one thing that I do expect, it's for it to be a pretty competitive season towards the top. I, I think it's going to be competitive. It'll be it'll be competitive. I think it'll be competitive throughout the league. Uh, I think Worcester and I, I mean Irish were pretty competitive for a large period for a large for large periods of last season. Worcester signing the likes of Van uh, and and others, I think, will make them. Uh, undoubtedly a bit more competitive but I think all of the teams are so much more evenly matched than I think they've ever been 
And I think that when you look at the squads, some squads have got more depth than others, but the, the squads, the first teams are, you know, all of relative similar quality. I'm not sure I agree with that. I think there's some, I think Worcester are a long way off. Um, and I think probably Newcastle are a long way off this year. Uh, I think they'll be clear, clearly at the bottom of the league and then everyone else will beat everyone else apart from probably Sale, Harlequins and Exeter. Well, I, you know, you say that for Worcester, I look at, They've signed Hines and Chudley. Excuse me. Sorry, just coughing my mouth myself away. Hines and Chudley, Baldwin, Van der Merwe, uh, Vailanu from Wasps. You know they they've they've picked up some real really good players, and I think that bolsters their first team as well as adding squad depth. Um, you mentioned Newcastle, Nathan Earl and Mike. I think that they you know. They flattered to deceive a bit last season, um, but they could be the ones that potentially struggle the most. I do think um, usually when you uh, sign Danny Cipriani, he's usually a world beaten for about six weeks. So I, I think Bath might be dangerous to start with. And then as he starts to irritate everyone, they'll probably drop off a little bit. Um, Saracens are going to be the sort of wild card, aren't they? Because they've got those players back from loan. Um, they've still got that sort of hardcore of England players. Um, so they could be <clears throat> very, very dangerous. You know, they, they could... I don't think it will happen that they'll come back um, in the sort of... without missing a beat, but it, it's a possibility that they could do. Um, but I think you know they're going to be capable of beating anyone on their day. Do you think the loss of Earl and Malins is going to really impact Bristol or not so much? I don't. I don't think so because um, though both players played very well for them, you wouldn't probably say that either of them were key. Um, you know they've they've already they've still got a real strong back row if if Earl wasn't in it and I think the same with Malins Malins was I think he was coming on stronger as the season went on but they were almost trying to find a place for him to shoehorn him in a little bit he was playing on the they're wing also, by the end of the season so they're also going to be missing for a quarter of the season anyway because they're both likely to be in the England squads yeah. even if they're not playing. Yeah, that's not, that's not a bad joke. I mean, Bristol uh, must be pretty happy with what they've got because there's no huge transfers really in or out other than the two uh, Saracens guys going back to Saracens. There's, there's really nothing to... to yeah, there's no real headline. business at Bristol, is there? Mind no. you, they, they must be fairly tight on salary cap. Oh, uh, absolutely. And um, Ciali Pieto going as well. But I'm not sure that makes that much of a difference. Good player that he is. I think they've yeah. got from the squad to cover him. You know, 
I think they, they're pretty much happy with what they got and, you know, just disappointed with how the season finished. But I think they, they're sort of trusting what they've, um, what they've planned for there. You know, your, your big movers really are sort of Leicester um, and, and, and Worcester really have, have sh- shaken it up the most. Um, you've got Hastings as an interesting transfer to Gloucester. Um, but, you know, they were very uninspiring all year. Um, and I don't think they've shaken it up enough for even a, a, a good 10 to make a huge amount of difference. Um, but yeah, I think looking at the ins and outs, I think Phil's probably got a, a point about Leicester being a bit of a dark horse. Uh, I'm not sure Bath have necessarily come out of the ins and outs particularly well. There's been a lot of outs, albeit yeah. a lot of kind of squad players, but the ins are not, um, you've got three promoted from the academy and Darcy Ray from Gloucester and a, and a chap from Ealing. So they're not setting the world alight, are they? I mean, there's a lot of front row gone, either retired or, 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 or left. Not that the front row was anything to write home about last year, um, but it doesn't seem to have been hugely replaced. So hopefully they've got stuff coming through. Um, you know, the, the big miss is going to be Mercer, but, you know, fair play to him. He's going to give it a give it a role in France, um, you know, especially with Underhill and Falatau, like, like you said, you've said with a lot of other players, they're likely to be away for chunks of the season. I mean, Mercer is a big miss, but again, they've got, you know, youngsters coming through in the back row that impressed last season. But, you know, other than the little bounce that, are, you know, perhaps Cipriani might provide early on, um, you know, I don't think Bath will be far different this year to what they were last year in terms of league table. I'm just quite rugby. excited to watch a bit of rugby. Yeah, it's going to be good that rugby's that rugby's finally back. It, it's been a long time since since the Lions tour and with all the disappointments that that brought, not just on the field, but but off the field as well. And just as the tour as a whole, it was really difficult to get into, as, we, as we've already mentioned. Um, so give me very quickly your um, premiership champions or your, your premiership finalists, Ben, for next season. Let's nail our colours to the mast. Who's getting to Twickenham? I think it might be Saracens Bristol. Doug? Uh, Saracens Exeter. Um, and all the Exeter and all the Saracens fans can all be locked into it, uh, Twickenham and can bicker amongst themselves for hopefully the rest of time. <laughs> Phil? Saracens Sale. Saracen sale. Okay. Doug's mate walking walking up the, the, the hollow steps. Um I am going to say what the hollow uh, steps. I don't know what the hollow steps are. They they are technically hollow because they put them on the pitch. Hollow steps, mate. They because they're on the pitch, aren't they? On that plinth. They're kind of hollow steps, technically. Or do you mean hallowed? No. Because hallowed steps, Wembley, aren't they? Or well, they were. I know what I'm saying, mate. Don't try and correct me. 
Well, okay, sure. Didn't <laughs> stop any of you correcting me. <laughs> Van Porfliet. Um <laughs> I, and I'm I'm gonna go for uh Exeter versus Bristol in the final. So uh fuck you all. Um any more rugby related chat? Oh, I'll tell you what, let's talk about something that absolutely nobody wants very, very quickly. Doug, I'm going to ask you a quick question and want a yes or no answer. Uh, are you interested in 12-a-side rugby? It depends if they're paying me. Okay. Well, we'll leave you out of that for a, for a quick minute, for a hot minute, because, uh, you know, there's a chance you might end up having to work on it. Um, ben, are you interested in 12 versus 12 rugby that apparently is going to bring new people into the game? No. Um, in, in the same way is if I'd be interested in, um, a course in, I can't even think of anything I'd be less interested in, to be quite honest. I mean, they've already what? got sevens. So what's the point? And tens. Yeah. I mean, why, why what, would three what? less players bring new people into the game? I mean, I mean, we've said we've just well, we've just said they've got less. They've already got sevens and they've already got tens. They've also already got rugby league, which is almost exactly the same. It's just one less person. And um, yeah, I just I uh, I just would I'd rather watch paint dry. It's it's they've seen the hundred. They've seen that some people have liked it. Which I'll hold my hands up. Some people have enjoyed the hundred. So we're gonna have to. It's because like there was that. no other cricket. Yeah, and it well, the main point about the hundred, it was it was on BBC. That's why people watched it. But um I just I just don't understand why every game has to be made shorter and less interesting for it to and be more. Why bothered about getting new people in? Why? I, well, They'll probably so, just set up Twitter accounts and start posting gifts. So Yeah. Uh, look, why um why oh why do we need it and what are they going to you know are they going to stop calling them tries and start calling them score points and, they, and they're not going to be I, worth five they're going to be worth 50. i'd rather remove my scrotum sun dry it into the shape of a bowl poach my testicles in some ramen broth serve them in my John scrotum ramen broth. and uh, and eat them all I all I think is like they bang on about player welfare, yet they're going to try and draft well-known players into this tour, this needless tournament to make them play some more games. Whose season has already been extended by four match weeks? Yes. Yeah. I, actually, Russ, Russ's point is the main point of this. It just shows what an absolute lie this player welfare is for, for in terms of the authorities because as soon as there's a few quid in it they're more than happy to throw some more extra games because if, i mean if I, this... I, I can't talk i'm that is literally my thought on it <laughs> i if they throw money at me i'll film it just like mm. i did with but, 100 but it only works bear in mind when they're talking Mate, about you film talking about pre-season you film phil wanking off a goat if you had enough money <laughs> well, he has well, Jimmy Oliver he did that for free <laughs> 
Um, it, it only works, bearing in mind they're talking about doing it pre-season, if the clubs release the players to do it. And that only works if there's enough money being thrown at the players to go, I don't want to play the first four games of the season. I'm going to go and make a shitload of money instead. But then, if And where are they going to stand contractually? So they'll only be able to do it with players that are out of contract at the end of this season before they signed a new contract with their new teams for next season. Or those that that get it written into their contract, like the players that do that go and play for the IPL with their counties. Yeah, but but this thing doesn't exist yet, does it? So they're not going to be something written into their contracts. But if it was all about chasing that money, then they'd be in France or Japan at the moment anyway. So basically, it's going to be a tournament for nearly retired international money grabbers. And and not 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 only that, but um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they start holding women's matches at half time, so they can say that the women played in front of a full stadium. Yeah, how long is it going to be before the the women's and the men's are playing double double headers at the stadium, and the uh, the women's games on first, and then they can see you. It's just. I mean, like, I don't disagree with it, but don't claim for it to be something that it's not. Like, if you're going to do that, have the have the balls to put the women's game on afterwards there rather was than a... beforehand or whatever, which if they'd done that with 100, it would have been patently obvious where the well, people there was, were. And there was it, a bit was... of commentary on a um, county championship game with one of the... There was one of the women's players and... I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Henry Moran or someone like that. It would have been Alex that. Hartley then in that. In that. Um, and whoever it was went, oh, I think it, the 100, I think it was a real successful women's cricket, but it'd be really nice if next time maybe they put one of the women's games second, just to see what happened. And let's say it was Henry Moran, and apologies if it's not, He, you could hear him just trying to hold back a proper roar out laugh knowing full well they would never put a women's game second. (laughs) It took him about 30 seconds to respond. Then it was like, yeah, that would be interesting. (laughs) It's it's not going to happen. And I'm not, I'm not even against them doing it. Like do, do what they want, but if don't, don't make it out to be something that it's not. And that's that's the point. I just like the fact that to promote this new, exciting form of rugby that they're bringing out, they they pull out some sixty five year old Kiwi to to show how it's new and exciting. They couldn't even get a player to get associated with it who might actually get people to think, well, oh, I wouldn't watch that. And just don't forget official rugby rent a mouth. Yeah, uh, it's shock they wheel out Ugo Monia to wank it off, <laughs> literally to make it ejaculate all over social media. <laughs> Rugby's Michael Vaughan. <laughs> you. You could argue that is a very good comparison. Very good comparison indeed. Uh, anyway, we've already given that far too much airtime. I didn't think it was going to get that far. Yeah, absolute wank- wankathon. You only got that much airtime because we were all panning it constantly for five minutes each. <laughs> Love it. I just um, what would the teams be called? Oh, yeah. Who gives a shit? No, I think that's a good thing to put out on Twitter. Can we have yeah. um, team names for the for, for eight franchises for Rugby 12s? Rugby, eight franchises, Rugby 12s, city-based? Uh, yeah, but, you know, they're not all city. Like, they're not cities, are they? So you, you could have, like, regional. So, you know, like the Chess Valley Super Marauders. <laughs> you know, go nuts. I just want the eight best. Chalk Valley Super Tanks. Eight best. (laughs) 
I think they should do it with um, like the old London school... Super Wokes. Yeah, I think they should do it with old school clubs. So like uh, the Black Heath. No, don't don't finish that sentence. Black Heath Boom Kings. <laughs> Rosslyn Park Royal Chargers. West Hartlepool Super Whackers. It was surely it would be Royal Chargers Rosslyn Park, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd have to be the West Hartlepool Monkey Hangers, wouldn't it? I might watch yeah, them. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, but... I, while we're, while we're on the. Um you know the, the stupid team names who was it at chennai that thought do you know what's better than a king <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, that there's 100 team names are as bad as as they could have kids? made that the the manchester originals is possibly the worst team name i've ever encountered the, is it the super bla- super somethings isn't it the super- northern superchargers southern brave is right up there london spirit and the and the logos look like they were that's drawn a, by that's a gin isn't it <laughs> the fact that they were all sponsored by chris brands as well i thought was quite humorous yeah. we the, could have the that, southern that, brave that rugby team could be the uh, plymouth navy strength so we had a <laughs> we had a um we had some questions lined up for a possible punching chat, and one was about the worst sponsors. Pom Bears sponsoring the Southern Brave has to be up there for one of the worst yeah. shirt sponsors but ever. When Phil says a possible punching chat, it was an actual punching chat. Oh, yeah, because yeah. it was just oh, yeah, me and Ben. And, <laughs> oh, and uh, Ben, uh, you won, didn't head you? To so, head. Yeah, I did, um, yeah, yeah. It was a head-to-head, and you did win. Um, we, and I we, will uh, have to do uh, a forfeit. If you're talking about bad sponsors... Um, Jamie Whitman used to ride in the British Superbike Championship on a bike was sponsored by Durex. It's a bit wanky. Hey. Little bit of banter. Um, right, so, yeah, eight, eight teams at Doug's request. Give us your best. See what happens. Hashtag. Um, what should we hashtag that? Hashtag Dirty Dozen. Hashtag, I said eight. Uh, no, because there's bound to be one of those. Um, hashtag rugby 12s is shite. <laughs> hashtag fuck this shit competition. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's keep it. Let's keep it relatively PG. Let's let's go. <laughs> hashtag pointless rugby. No, because I, there'll be loads of points in it. Oh yeah, it's true. Hashtag. Uh, balls to the twelves. Hashtag twelve balls. Twelve balls. There you go. No, there's only eight teams. Is there twelve players? There's eight teams of twelve I'm players already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This yeah, is, so this isn't getting off the ground, is it? Much like let's, the twelves. Let's make it. Let's make it rugby elevens with a round ball and nets. <laughs> and you can only kick it. Yeah. And one person in a specifically designated area can use their hands. Exactly. I'm throwing it onto a winner here. Hmm. It's tackling a line, John. But only with your feet. What? <laughs> yeah, and you can only use below, one foot. Below the nipple allowed... line. Is it still below the nipple line? <laughs> yeah. 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 Do, you know what? Make it your own hashtag. Just at Wallover Podcast and just yeah. give us your shit team names. 
Yeah. There you go. Hashtag shit team names. Hashtag shit team names. That was easy, wasn't it? We got there in the end. Right. Let's. I mean, we've been going for nearly an hour, and we've said literally nothing. So <laughs> let's get into some any other any other business. You know, it's been a while since we've been back. We've managed to rub it on. So, uh, Doug, any other business from you? Not me first. I haven't thought of one yet. All right, Ben. Um, nah, I'm all right. Fair enough. Phil? Uh, no, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, couple of recommendations. Clickbait, oh. I watched on... Um, oh, Russ, I meant to oh, oh, Mate. That is one of the worst television programs, conceits and implementations of a television program I've ever witnessed in my life. <laughs> I enjoyed it, mate. Did you watch it all? Uh, that Russ, you're so simple, mate. You, you, you know, Gangs of London. I bet you love that. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, mate. mate, you loved Da Vinci Code, didn't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> a bit too complicated for me, that. Yeah, yeah. I prefer colouring books. Highbrow. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Buy, buy numbers, mate, please, if you don't mind. <laughs> so, yeah. I thought it was shite. You uh, well, you're, you're welcome to your opinion, Doug. I'll give you this. <laughs> and I will thank you for it. <laughs> so, so, what's the learning from this? There's a TV programme that might be either good or shite. Well, you can either trust Russ, who knows nothing about television, or me, who knows everything. Mm. <laughs> anyway, um, humble brag, been nominated, been nominated for an award. You might have seen on my socials this evening, nominated for a, a volunteer grassroots cricket volunteer award by Cornwall Cricket. So uh, I've got to the country club. I've got to go to the Cornwall Cricket Centre on the first of October and uh, with the other nominees and see whether I've won for my services to grassroots cricket. Just be careful um, you don't pierce your foot on a spike. (laughs) (laughs) Got you on the old jeans rule, Nazi. (laughs) Copy Daily Mail. Oh, that's a good paper. Yeah. Who's the um? Who's the competition, Russ? Who's the big competition? I don't know. I don't know who the nominations are. I don't even know what category I've been nominated in. I don't even know what the categories are. Most likely to rain. <laughs> the man with the most upside down head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the man most parents are worried about coaching their children. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, pa- the parents choice award yeah <laughs> are they am i gonna get there and they're gonna serve me with some papers just a big ruse just a fake front and you just walk straight into a paddy wagon <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, why why are the uh, why are there the awards at the magistrates court? <laughs> That's the one, mummy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! I mean, this is taking a very 
<laughs> very dark turn. Um, um, but, but very exactly. funny. Sorry, I'll leave you alone now. But my no, my, my my any other business, uh, it's kind of rugby related, and I'm. I, I just kind of, uh, and we touched on it earlier about the, the whole Twitter experience with rugby now, and it's it sapped the joy out of rugby for me at the moment. Like, it, it's all it is, it's, a, it's no longer a game of rug, rugby, it's a, it's a game of debating red cards and yellow cards, and it, yeah. it's just a bit tedious. And I think if this is the way sort of like life in general goes now, where you Everything is about the negative aspect of everything. There's nothing that you can just be positive about. And um, I just find that a bit sad. And and with that in mind, I think everyone should watch Ted Lasso on Apple TV because it is one of the most relentlessly positive. Even when it's being a little bit downbeat, it's one of the most re- relentlessly positive things you'll watch. And it'll, it'll actually make you... Um, have happy thoughts as opposed to thinking everything's shit. Don't have Apple TV, on, mate. On the subject of just something that's fun, um, we went to the uh, Little Orchard Music Festival, which is basically a cider festival with a with uh, a bit of music. But they had a, a Nirvana tribute band who had an Elvis impersonator as their lead singer. And it... It was one of the most fun things I've seen on a stage. It was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Um, I've not been to the same clubs Doug has, obviously, uh, judging by his face. But um, yeah, they were they were really good. So uh, if you ever get the chance to see Alvana, do it. There you go. I went to a wedding a couple of weeks ago. First wedding I've been to in a couple of years unsurprisingly maybe longer than that maybe five years did, and it was just did very you a, jolly did you have a dance uh, and a boogie um yeah it was superb and and lastly if you're ever in if you're ever in london and you do fancy going to hatch end there's an absolutely incredible mexican restaurant called shingon which is um i went there the other night and had bone marrow starters and uh, some tacos it was delightful Lovely. That's good. Right. Let's get out of here before we go on too long. We'll be back next week. We're going to be back now every Monday evening recording um, for the foreseeable future until European rugby starts where we, we might take another break because that's oh, real oh, shit. Be well, which is you know, almost entirely possible. But uh, <laughs> let's see. Until rugby social media becomes so unbearable, we don't want to be a part of it. Let's see. Uh, we'll hopefully see most of you, like all of our 18 listeners at the Ball Over Invitational on the 9th of uh, October. We're really looking forward to it. And, you know, if nothing else, we'll all be there with a kit and an opposition and a referee and we'll have a game of rugby. Everybody else being there is what's going to make it great. So if you can make it, do make it, and you're all more than welcome. And we'll try and make it a a good day for everybody involved. So get there and raise money for rugby against cancer, which is most important. So uh, go well.
Sports Social Podcast Network.